to you. In just a minute. Yeah, let me get right, because my wife looking at me. I want her to see me. See how she dressed me. Yes, ma'am. You got it right? Yes, ma'am. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am. Let's go. <laughs> All right, let's get ready. And let's go. We're grateful to God for your presence here this evening. So good to have you with us out on uh, this wonderful Wednesday. Wasn't it a wonderful Wednesday today? The sun was out, the birds were tweeting and chirping, whatever, and most of it was at work. But we made it out to be out, and we're grateful for you, grateful for your presence. Good to see all of the saints in the house tonight. And if you're visiting with us tonight, we want you to know again that you're an honored guest, and we want you to know that. Uh, and there's a, a word from the Lord for you tonight. Uh, and we just believe that uh, if you're here in the Lord's house, we just need to have the Lord's word for you. Is that all right? So you just sit back and uh, brace yourself and uh, we'll just go through it together. Is that all right? Go with me, if you would, to the Old Testament. Uh, Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. We're going to make that our launch pad, but uh, we're going to use it as our platform for what we want to talk about tonight. They got me up here just as quickly as they can, so uh, I'm going to do what I can to get you out of here just as soon as I can, but I'm going to stop when I'm finished talking. Is that all right? Amen. So they gave me enough time to talk till I'm tired of talking, and hopefully by then you'll be tired of listening and ready to uh, depart from here on tonight. And that lesson will be yours. Isaiah 55, verses 6 through 9. And the Bible says there, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Now, this doesn't imply that the Lord's going anywhere. It's just, it, what it implies, however, is you might be going somewhere. So you need to seek the Lord while you can. Amen, somebody. Then he says in verse number seven, let the wicked, and, and, and whether you want to believe it or not, that's all of us, uh, forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Is that in your Bible? The prophet Isaiah invokes an invitation to God's followers to come, to hear, to behold, to seek the Lord while there's still time to do so. 
And he makes a bold yet compelling statement in verses 8 and 9 to those who would consent to be followers of his. Again, he says that for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, say of the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And you see the measuring stick between God's understanding of us and our ability to truly comprehend his will and his way are as far from each other as the earth is to the heavens. We can't hope to obtain the full measure of God's understanding. How could the creature truly hope to understand the creator? Only God understood why we needed two eyes to see and two ears to hear, but only one mouth to okay. speak. Right. Because we, we, sometimes we need to see twice as good and listen twice as hard before we let one stupid thing come out of our mouths. See, I stopped by to tell you this evening that man's way of salvation are not God's way. Oh, man can think great things. He can do great things. He can achieve great things, but he cannot save himself his way. He must do it God's way or not at all. See, there's some people out there that don't believe that they need salvation. And there's some people out there who think God should just save them on their terms. Someone says, well, I'll wait till I get on my deathbed after I've done all my mess and all my stuff. And then I'll just confess all my sins and God can save me then. Someone says, well, I'll just believe in Jesus. Just believe him. But I don't have to do anything else. I'll just be as good a person as I can be. I'll even, I'll even write the church, uh, brothers, a, a big fat check. And, and I don't, maybe that'll get me some dividends in heaven. Maybe I'll just plead and, and bargain with him. God's fair. He can save anybody. He sure can. But the Bible still says in Hebrews 9 and 27, it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment, and if that ain't good enough for you, over there in 2 Corinthians 5 and 10, he says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he have done, whether it be good or bad. See, see there's, a, there's a payday someday. Amen, somebody. Somebody says, well, well, I'll just go from sinner to saint, Brother Vim. But see, Romans 6 and 23 has something else to say on the matter. He says the wages of sin is death. That's spiritual separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible reminds us in Proverbs 16 and 25 that there's a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. See, there's a way that, that seems right. Uh, it feels right. It, it might even look right. But it's not been examined by the measuring stick of God. 
Someone says, well, uh, with regards to uh, our religious world today, that, that all the world's religions might, might seem right to me. Uh, uh, they all might seem right to me uh, if you like variety. Uh, imagine yourself, you on vacation, and you heading down the highway and looking for a place to lodge and rest yourself. Now, there's a whole bunch of hotels on the strip, and one looks just as good as the other. And there's plenty of variety out there, and you're free uh, to go anywhere. But guess what, church? You, you're looking for the one that has your reservation. Okay. Amen, somebody. Right. Uh, you can't get in without a reservation. Right. Uh, and if you want to get on the highway to heaven, and you want to avoid all the speed traps and road bumps and detours and traffic jams along the way, see, you need a, a road map. Amen, somebody. Uh, you need a reservation, and you need to be ready to receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls and mine. Because Almighty God has decreed your ways of salvation are not my ways. Amen, somebody. Jesus says in John 14 and 5, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. My way of salvation is not your way. God saved only eight people from a world ravaging flood in Genesis chapter 6 through 8, providing safety in an ark. He gave specific commands. He gave specific requirements, and he spoke to a specific person. Uh, but, but, but how many of us, I wonder, uh, when, we, when we felt the first raindrop, would have just simply ignored it and decided, well, when the time comes, when the flood comes, I'll build my own boat uh, the way I want, and I'll be just as safe. But don't you know you, you can't think like God, or you can't plan like God, and you can't know the purpose of God. See, your ways are not his ways. Only eight human souls found salvation in the ark. And the Bible says over there in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was over-preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water, the like figure, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. See, it's not just uh, your morning bath or your morning shower. He said it is the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, the ark was man's only salvation then, but Jesus Christ, his son, is our salvation now. For the Bible says in Acts 4 and 12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. See, church, uh, see, see, my friends, Obama's not the option. Clinton's not the cure, and Bernie's no better. Carson's not capable. Cruz isn't culpable. Bush wasn't bankable. Rubio's not reliable, and Trump's just a chump. Uh, because when it comes to Jesus, 
when it comes to your soul salvation, there's no other name given among men whereby you and I must be saved. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Oh, I'm messing up morning with evening. Y'all stay with me. God, through Jesus Christ, has given some specific commands. He's given us, through Jesus Christ, specific requirements. And he speaks to man today through Jesus Christ, his son. For the Bible says in Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners speak in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days, and these are the last days, you just better believe it, spoken unto us by a son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. God's plan for man's salvation is by and through and in Jesus Christ. Amen. That's why your ways just won't do. Someone says I can be saved just by being a good person. Well, that, that just won't do. Someone says I, I just need to call on Jesus. Well, that alone just won't do. Someone says I had some water poured on my head when I was a child. Well, now that you've grown up, that just won't do. Someone says the preacher prayed for me. Well, that just won't do. Someone went to the mourner's bench. Well, that just won't do. Someone prayed the sinner's prayer. Well, I stopped by to tell you that alone just won't do. You see, that's man's way. See, man wants Jesus like Burger King. I have it your way. And there you are. You've got it your way. But you haven't done it God's way. You want salvation, but you want it on your time and your terms. Now, it takes more than just wanting salvation to receive it. See, wanting salvation, needing salvation, and desiring salvation ought to mean wanting to know how to get it. We will need to know the source and the substance of our salvation. And my friends, I stopped by to tell you, it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, there Paul says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved if you keep in memory what I preached unto you unless you have believed in vain. Why does he talk about it being in vain? Because there's some folks who want to do it their way. He says, for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and then he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Salvation is through Jesus Christ, and it is according to the scriptures. Someone says, well, Jesus came to me in a dream sat on the edge of my bed and told me all kinds of stuff. Well, that might have been your dream, but that wasn't Jesus. Because Jesus says in John 5 and 39, you search the scriptures. 
confer in them, you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And there's another thing he says over there in John 6 and 45. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that have heard and have learned of the Father cometh unto me. See, there's got to be some reading. There's got to be some hearing. There's got to be some understanding, but there's got to be some teaching. See, some people want their religion to just drop out the sky and bump them on the head. But I'm stopped by to tell you that the only thing that's going to simply fall out of the sky and hit you on the head is rain. And then all you're going to do is put up your umbrella. See, God's salvation needs to be taught and it needs to be heard and it needs to be believed because he says, my way of salvation is not your way. Jesus, just like any parent, just like anyone in authority, knows for a fact that out here in the world, see, there's some hard-headed folk. See, Jesus knows that, just like we know that. We, we got some hard-headed kids. We, we got some hard-headed people out here in the world. Now, go with me over to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Let's look at some of these hard-headed folk. And let's see what Jesus says there in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. He says there he gives us two ways of life here. He says, enter ye, that's you and me, in at the straight gate. Then he stops right there. I got to stop talking about that straight gate for a second. I got to talk about the other one. Then he says, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in. Look what he says, many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. You might want your salvation your way, but Jesus says there's a straight and a narrow. It's a disciplined path, and there's a broad and wide. Why is it so broad and wide, Brother Bill? Well, it's got room for you and you. And you, he's got room for Sally and Sammy and Jesse and Johnny. He's got room for all your friends and all your neighbors and all your people, all the folks you carousing with, all the folks you doing stuff with, all the stuff you, all the people you messing with, all the people you running around with. He got room for all of them because that broad and wide gate leads to destruction. But he says the path to me, if you want salvation my way, it's straight and narrow. It's straight and narrow. means there's no wiggle room. See, you can't wiggle your way to heaven. Amen. See, you, you, you got to walk it straight and narrow. I know there's some military folk out there that know what I'm talking about. You march and no march in lockstep and watch what the drill instructor say to you. Amen, somebody. Somebody says, God knows my heart. Well... That may be true, but the straight and narrow and the broad and wide are still there. Still waiting for you to choose which way of life you're willing to follow. Jesus maintains 
The choice is ultimately yours to make, whether he knows you or not. Now stay with me in Matthew 7. Look what he says over there at verse 21. He says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name have done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. The question on the floor is, are you willing to trust him with your salvation? in the face of these consequences. He says in John 12 and verse 46, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. But then he says, he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words, hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. See, God might know your heart, but he's seen your actions. He's seen your activities. He's seen your associates. He's seen your arrogance, and he's seen your ambivalence. And he says in Luke, 13 and 3, I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. He says there again in John 3 and 5, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And he says it again in Mark 16 and 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be condemned. God sent it. Well, you ought to believe it because that settles it. Because your ways of salvation are not his way. Sin is man's problem and Jesus is man's solution. Because your ways are not his ways. Your opinions can't save you because your ways are not his ways. Your bank account can't save you because your ways are not his ways. Your prominence can't save you. Because your ways are not his ways. The preacher can't save you. But he can show you the way. And he's got to show you and share with you, as we've attempted to do tonight, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And after you've heard it and you've believed it, you ought to repent of your sins. Because Jesus says in John 8 and 24, if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Now, repentance just means, you ever been out on the road driving and you see the, the U-turn sign? You driving down the road in a particular direction and you got to turn around. So you make a U-turn. Now, Maybe you're going down the path of life, and you've made some bad mistakes out there, and you need to change. Well, repentance means to change. I'm going in the wrong direction. I've been there before. And see, 
Uh, see, sometimes you're going down the road. I'm just talking to the husbands now. You got the missus sitting next to you, and you gripping that wheel harder because you don't know where you are. And she's sitting over here shaking her head because she know. She know. Mm-mm-mm. He know he gone the wrong. Boy, why don't you pull over, turn around, find out where you are, and go back the way you came. But you sitting there, old stubborn you, and you gripping the wheel tighter. I know where I'm going. Don't you say a word. And that's how man is. That's how mankind is. Have you looked at the world lately? Have you seen the stuff? that's going on out there, do you realize that our government has decided that if God made you a female and God made you a male, that at whatever time you choose, once you make up your mind, you can decide you don't want to be a female. You can be a male, and you can decide you, don't want, you can be a female instead of a male. Now, that means that the doctor in the delivery room, from here on out, when the baby's delivered, and he pulls him out, and he smacks his bottom, and the baby starts crying, and you know the next thing he's going to say? Well, you have a brand-new baby. Now he's got to say, well, we'll just... Wait till he makes up his mind. Amen, somebody. That's the world we're living in today. There's some folk that's riding down the highway to hell and don't know it. But you gotta make a U-turn. You've got to, you got to turn back to Jesus. But you turn back to Jesus when you understand that you're going the wrong way. You got to understand his ways are not my way. I don't care where this road is going. It only leads to destruction. I got to turn from my ways and start to do things his way. And he has a plan for your salvation. It involves hearing his word. And believing it with all of your heart. But don't stop there. Can I show you an example? Over here in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Let me look at this. Let's look at this right quick. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Don't sit me down yet. I'm, I'm almost there. They listening to me now. They woke up now. They all right now. They're good. Look at this. Look at this. Acts chapter 2. Now, now let me set the stage. The, 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 the uh, apostles of Jesus have been sent to Jerusalem. It's the day of Pentecost. And there is people there gathered there from every nation under heaven. And, 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 and they have been given the Holy Ghost. Why? For the purposes of demonstrating God's power to all those folks that are there. Well, what you talking about, Brother Ville? Well, look what, look what he says right here. He says there in Acts 2, and verse number eight, and how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. He says here in verse number 11, Cretes and Arabians, after he mentions all the other folks that are there, we do hear them speak in our tongues 
the wonderful works of God. And see, that's another point right there. See, your ways of salvation ain't your way. See, you, you, you can't be going around here talking a whole bunch of gibberish and trying to say you're talking to God or that God is listening to you. When you talk about speaking in tongues, we're talking about this right here. Amen. 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 He says, we hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were amazed and were in doubt of saying one to another what mean of this. Others mocking said, these guys just drunk. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing this but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he reads on and, and he preaches on and he preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he says there in verse number 36, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. He says, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. They heard it and they believed it. And then he says there that and sent, he said it was pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now, if hearing and believing was just enough, all Peter had to say is, I'm done. You ain't got to do nothing. You heard it. You were pricked. You obviously believed it. We done. You saved now. But see, Peter knows better. <laughs> they asked the question. He had to give them the answer. He says now, and Peter said unto them, verse 38, repent. You've been riding down the highway to hell. It's time for you to repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the authority. For the remission, well, look at that again. He says, for remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Not an outward sign of an inward grace. Remember what we read early over there in 1 Peter? He says, it's the answer of a good conscience toward God. I heard it. I believe it. God has said it. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So now... There's only one thing I can do. Look what they did. See, if we want to do things the way God say, then let's just read God's word and find out what they did. He says here in verse 41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the Lord, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. You know what? It's that simple or it's that difficult. Jesus says, Whosoever shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. If you've heard it and you believed it and you're ready and willing to repent, then you need to be baptized. Amen. He says, go ye therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the wow. Son and of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end Amen. of the world. Mm -hmm. 
Where are you tonight? Someone says, I'm saved, Brother And all I'm going to say is, well, I'm, I'm not going to tell you you saved or not. I'm just going to ask you, did you do it God's way? Someone says, well, I don't think I need to be saved. Well, you're not doing it God's way. We want to do what God says the way God says it. And if you're here tonight, maybe you don't know if you're saved. Well, guess what? Tonight is your night because you've heard the word of God. And if you are tired of riding down the highway of life, not sure about your direction, maybe you just need to change course. But when you change course, here's what you ought to do. Consult the map book. Find out the direction and the path you need to get on. And once you get on that path, stay on that path. And it'll guide you all the way to heaven because now you're going to be following some godly instructions. And if you're here and you're a member of the Lord's church, if you're on the path, for goodness sake, stay on it. Stay on it. How are you going to help somebody to make their U-turn if you're riding down the highway with them? You need to take the wheel, let Jesus provide the direction, and let him guide you both all the way to heaven. There's a saying Brother Faust used to say, all the way to heaven is heaven all the way. Your life could change tonight. When you come out of the watery grave of baptism, your sins are washed away. You become a new creature in Jesus Christ. The Lord adds you to his body, this body, the body of Christ, the church of Christ. And you can begin your new walk with the Lord tonight. If you're here and you have a mind to do so, we got some water over there. We got some robes over there. You just change your clothes and you put you in your baptismal garments, there's going to be some folk over there singing and, and just praising the name of God because it wasn't what the preacher said. It was God talking to you through his word. And if you have a mind and a heart to be obedient to God tonight, you know what? The only thing holding you back is you. The water is ready. We're ready. God's been ready. Why don't you make that U-turn? Why don't you turn to Jesus? Because tomorrow ain't promised. And you know what? Even if tomorrow is promised to you, this world ain't promised. We living in some terrible times. And don't you know judgment is coming? Not man's judgment. God's judgment is coming. He's going to judge the wicked and the righteousness, but he's got a standard. And we need to find out what the standard is and hold to it before it's everlastingly too late. Are you ready to do that tonight? Why don't you come? Why don't you come down here right now as we together stand and sing? Hymn number 915. When we